What's up, everybody? It's Andrea. Today, we call bullshit on Rise's professional development program. We've got a hot tip for Bounty that would revolutionize spill cleanup. And we ask the question, do you recognize the mysterious Romulan voice? Come nerd out with us. Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. Today, we're talking season four, episode 24, The Mind's Eye. This episode was written by Ken Schaefer and Rene Echevarria and directed by David Livingston. Jordi LaForge sets out for a vacation on Ryza, whoop, whoop, but his <laughs> shuttle is apprehended by Romulans who hope to use him in a plot to drive a wedge between the Federation and the Klingons, and he's brainwashed, and, a, and like a whole bunch of E-Ban stuff happens, and it's the Manchurian candidate in space, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. I don't yeah. know what you done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have extra stuff, but really, like, he's just exposed to mind control techniques that turn him into the perfect assassin. Mm-hmm. Now you can bump, bump, bum. Yeah. Oh, okay. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I love what a running gag that's become for us. I don't know how we don't do this in our regular life all the time. Just walk around going, oh my bum, goodness. Bum, bum. why don't we do this in our regular life? Okay. I know goals. that's what we work together. Be. Like we, mm-hmm. we can. <laughs> yeah. So I was super excited about this one because I remember it's Manchurian candidate. And that movie's really good. So I was like, oh, this episode, I remember this one. It's like the brainwash one. Oh, it's going to be so good. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to you at uh, work and you were like, oh, it's taking me so long to get through this episode. Mm-hmm. I was like, why? It's Manchurian Candidate. And then I watched it and I was like, oh my gosh, it's Manchurian <laughs> Candidate. I forgot that the movie itself is incredibly slow. Like yes. it's very slow because it's a slow unraveling of yes. who's behind the brainwashing. You don't find out to like the last second and they don't get their yeah. comeuppance until like the penultimate scene. Mm-hmm. And the whole rest of the episode is just, it's not really a mystery. Okay. So, cause we love those episodes, right? The episode where Beverly is trapped in the warp bubble and people are disappearing. Yeah. You're like, what is going on? It's not like that. It's like, we know what's going on. We know he's trying to kill somebody, but we just don't know who and we just don't know why. So it's just mm. like a big waiting game. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, slowly but surely, the episode ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something more exciting happens. Exactly. No, That's because nothing exactly more exciting it. happens. It just nothing it just more ends. exciting happens. Yes. It's to- That's exactly what it is. Like it's a slow AF episode. And I see way more from the perspective of a visor than I've ever wanted to see in my mm-hmm. life. Like, I just don't care. Like, and not in a cool way. Cause we've seen stuff through Jordy's visor before. And it was like, Ooh, he's seeing infrared. Ooh, he can see metals. Mm-hmm. Like we've mm-hmm. seen that before, but this was just like, people look regular, but with little lines of matrix style text going over their face. Yeah. And, like, and, oh, and, okay. and the colors were like, not quite negative. It wasn't like right. a negative, but it was kind of just like, like this inverted weird color. Situation. Yeah. Something kind of weird. Yeah. It was like inverted color. It was just fucking weird. And then some, and then some like text at the bottom, like some weird symbols, like, and, like Romulan symbols. Yeah. It was or, just, Oh, that's what that was. Yeah. I was just like, I don't I guess. Did he have these before. I don't remember the symbols before. Anyway. No. So, um, yeah, buckle I mean, up. I, this is going to be yeah. probably a short and sweet episode. <laughs> Um, your yeah. initial thoughts before you actually um, got into it. <laughs> I wrote not a fan mind control people held hostage Klingons. None of this appeals to me. <laughs> <That's what I wrote. laughs> 
<laughs> I don't care. The Klingons are so fucking one dimensional to me. I can't deal like the the episode where Worf had to take that discommendation and the Kittimer mm-hmm. thing like finally came to light that it was, you know, Duras's family or mm-hmm. whatever who was behind it. That was interesting. The rest is just let me summarize in like three bullet points what every Klingon episode has been since then. Oh, you took a discommendation, right? So you're ashamed to our people, right? Yeah, we don't want you. But thanks for doing what you did. Crickets. Like, it's just, that's very much what it is. And even that shit, like, Ambassador Kel brings it up too, where he's like, even where he was like, killing Duras was the right thing to do because we all fucking hated his ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yep. oh, okay. But like, but you're a traitor to our people. That's it. Like, that's what mm-hmm. every Klingon episode has been since then. And it's just so one dimensional i like we're in the, we're at the end of season four god mm-hmm. damn it like we need to be doing better than this <laughs> well i think I'm the season upset. the season finales episodes 20 or i guess just 26. Episode 26 yeah and maybe the season opener for the next season i don't remember is, is called it redemption oh yeah god it, damn it. it wraps okay. up the story of like wharf's discommendation and i think it <sighs> erases we want i don't remember but yeah it's gonna like erase that i think so we don't have to keep doing that okay. every single time we see a klingon but no okay. promises don't mm. recall totally what this episode see, is it's a klingon episode so i probably haven't seen it since i first watched it when i was right. like seven or eight years in old like 1991 mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely in like june of 91 or whenever it came out <laughs> so i definitely will not remember anything about this but let's bring this episode in um we have a chief engineer's log, which I think is the first time it starts with chief engineer's log, or maybe, maybe it's not, but it's the first time I can remember. Jordy mm-hmm. is en route to Risa to attend an artificial intelligence seminar. And I call bullshit right away because you know, good and well that Risa doesn't do seminars. Okay. <laughs> they don't do seminars. They do the Maharon. They yes. do each other. They yes. do every tourist on the planet, but what they do not do is seminars. Well, you know what they don't do is professional development. development. Okay. That's fucking bullshit. You don't do- rise up. Stop playing with us like this. <laughs> I thought you okay. were going to say, sign me up for that, but no, that's no, hilarious. you're right. You're <laughs> but, right. It's also, a little sketchy. Yeah. That's, mm, they really <laughs> needed to just come up with like a different planet name for that. That's all you like have to any do. Any other planet. I, yeah, where'd any be more reasonable. other one. Yeah. Yeah. Rigel, throw Rigel two back in the mix. We haven't heard from Rigel two in a minute. Like, <laughs> let's go to, do a seminar, Rigel two. But if <laughs> Sharice is over here cracking up, thank you. Just made my whole day. I also thought if anybody's going to an AI seminar, it probably would be data. Data. That's what I put. Why isn't yeah. data with him? I mean, it should also be Jordy because Jordy yeah, yeah, maintains yeah. Yes. data systems whenever yes, data's yes. like, I don't know. It looks good to me. Yeah, Jordy yeah. jumps in there, but it should be Jordy and data and maybe even Beverly because sometimes she works with his probably. neural, his neural stuff because she um, fucks with this off switch all the time. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, just- someone's got to. <laughs> So I don't understand why Jordy was so low on this, but obviously it was necessary to set up the drama. But yeah, data should have at the very least been included in this RISA seminar situation where they like data. Your skin is so white. It's gold. You're going to burn. We're just not going to send you any place where you can get a tan and Mm -hmm. we'll just send, you know, let's send Jordy because he likes this kind of stuff. Yeah. Again, RISA doesn't do professional development. That's a bunch of bullshit. But anyway, as Jordy's sitting there sipping his drink, I couldn't help but think of that cringy date he had on the episode with his Coco no-no. And I was like, oh, here we go with some other weird drink that Jordy is sipping on. I just was like, Jordy, you're such a you're so sweet. And also this is why I would never date you, bud. Like all this yeah. going on here. <laughs> Not like, ever. Like, 
let's play trivia games computer and i'm like really and then i called it i called it the most boring game in the universe against the computer <laughs> i thought the computer was really extremely aggressive the computer was like you have 20 seconds and answer this question and do it now i was like oh, and do it in okay. alphabetical order by all the way right. all right like this is supposed to be fun computers don't know how to have fun apparently well, so. you know what? But Jordy and the computer are a perfect mate because he also has no idea how to have any fun at all. Like his idea of a vacation is going to a fucking seminar. Him and him and Picard were probably swapping seminar stories about their vacations. It's just <laughs> like, this is too much. Anyway, that's the most interesting thing that happens this whole episode. I'm going to tell you. But as he's playing the most boring game in the universe with the computer, a Romulan warbird decloaks right in front of the shuttlecraft. So he's like, whoa, and spills his Coco no-no. And he immediately is like, Enterprise, anybody, SOS. Eh, Risa, can you eh, hear me? Eh, 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 yep. And yep, you're like, yep. ooh, this is bad. Like it kind of made me think of um, like when it decloaked, it kind of made me think of a shark in deep waters and some yes. fish that's just like swimming by itself, enjoying its best life. And then it's just like boom, the giant shark is just there. And you're like, oh, you're screwed. Oh my there's god. There's no there's no yep. shipwrecks for you to hide in. Like you're going to be eaten. There this is a foregone anything. conclusion. Yeah. And I also thought to myself. <laughs> Shouldn't this shuttle have some kind of sensors or something that say when any vessel is nearby, just, you know, for not hitting it purposes. And then also there, it was there for like a good 10 seconds before he was like, whoa, I was like, if he wouldn't have used his eyeballs, he wouldn't have known it was there. (laughs) Like if he didn't have giant windows in his freaking spaceship, (laughs) he wouldn't have known it was there. Imagine if he was taking a nap. Or or anything. I mean, he was turned the other direction and didn't see it. Like just turning (laughs) the other direction, looking through the left side instead of the right side, you don't see that ship. So yeah. I was like, yeah, we should have sensors. And also we should have sensors for any enemy vessels, especially like a different, like a warning, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, warning vessel approaching and eh, eh, red alert. It's Romulan, you know, something, mm-hmm. but he was just like, do, do, do Coco. No, no. Oh no. And I was like, <laughs> oh, oh gosh, he's, he's toast. RIP Jordy. <laughs> <laughs> love how we have just decided that this episode is not really worth breaking down in any real significant way so we're just gonna we're just gonna point out all the problem spots because i <laughs> well, mean we did is- you you broke it down effectively in that first sentence description that's what happens that's it there's no <laughs> twist or turn that's it that's it that's it yeah so there's this other component so jordy immediately tries to get help but is transported away before he can do anything and that's a real bum 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 now, the next thing we see, the Klingon High Council has sent an emissary, Cal, aboard the Enterprise because one of their colonies in the Creosian system is fighting for independence. And Vach, who's the governor of Creos, has accused the Federation of providing aid and weapons to the Creosian rebels. So Picard is like, anything I can do to help? Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Um, that kind of sets up the beginning of this Klingon bit. Now, aboard the Romulan Warbird, they've got Geordi, who's like... <laughs> like definitely before we get to this part just going back to kel and picard he says this line that i loved so i wrote it in my notes where he picard's like why do you want me involved in this rebellion in this plan it has nothing to do with me but you requested me specifically and um kel goes your modesty is very human captain i will excuse it i just love that line i just love that i'm like (laughs) i I want to to walk around and use that line like Mm -hmm. your modesty is very human i will excuse it i don't know i just loved it but yeah so we're on the romulan ship Fast forwarding. We're on the Romulan ship and Jordy's like, uh, uh, let me go. And then what? Yes. Yes. Which I feel like because Starfleet is military, despite what Picard thinks, <laughs> it's military. In the military, you're given training on what to do if you're taken hostage. 
Mm. and what to say, and more importantly, what not to say. So just going, you know, having two men hold him by the crook of his fucking elbows and just push Mm -hmm. him into a chair. And he's like, that doesn't seem like the thing that Starfleet would want you to Mm. do, you know, but these, the Romulans really show how dirty they will get because they take his visor away and then they plug right into his visual cortex Mm -hmm. with this device and feed images of horrors straight into his brain. And this piece of shit Romulan commander is like, watch, there is nothing he can do to like block out the images. He Mm -hmm. cannot ignore the horrors he's seeing. And I was like, you are cool as a cucumber watching Mm -hmm. this man be fed like traumatic images Mm -hmm. into his brain. I was like, damn. It kind of reminds me of, um, gosh, is this movie called conspiracy theory? The one with Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts. Well, in that he, Mel Gibson's like all off his rocker and he's like, there's, there's government conspiracies and they're trying to brainwash us and all this stuff. Turns out he was 100% correct. And one of the things they did to brainwash was they taped people's eyes open and made them look at horrible images. I don't know if this is legit. This is very much a TV trope. I don't know if this is a thing that people actually have ever done in real life. However, it's horrible in any way you slice it, whether it's taping people's, you know, taping or gluing or whatever people's eyes open. So they have to watch these images or feeding images directly into their brain. It is just a horrible thing to do. Just the idea of not being able to look away even if it's a good image, regardless, but like not being able yeah. to control what you not are looking at, not yeah. having a choice is already terrifying. And then adding mm-hmm. in a bunch of horrible images, it's extremely cruel. Like this was worse than some kind of physical torture they could have done to him was to put images inside his brain yes. that he could do nothing about. Yeah, it was pretty it's, cold. It was it was really uncomfortable just to look at. Mm-hmm. It was really uncomfortable. Now, something of note, we do have a very mysterious shadow figure, literally a shadow figure mm-hmm. in the room who's overseeing this plan. And we only hear her voice, which is very, very familiar. And this is sort of a build up to an episode that we're going to see next season. Um, the voice is very familiar and we can't see who this commander is, but do you know who it is? <laughs> <laughs> I know if you're listening, do you know? I yes. know some people who are listening right now are, are listening, are watching the show for the first time and listening along with us. And so if that's you, um, welcome. So excited yes. to have you, you are in yes. for a great treat because the show just gets better and better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know we also attract a lot of super fans, just like us who've seen all the episodes like a bajillion times. So this is kind of one of those initial pieces of that story arc, which we don't get very many story arcs in TNG. Mm-hmm. We get just like a small handful. Usually that's just very episodic. Whatever yep. happened last time has nothing to do with what's going on this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a little piece of a story arc. So I really, I, I like this particular story arc. I think it's super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, when this Romulan commander, or whatever they're called, was like saying everything he was doing, I was like, is he making a log right now? Like, why is he saying everything he's doing? What's going on? Yeah. It yeah. was very strange. And then when I saw the shadowy figure, I was like, oh, he's explaining to his boss what's happening and how. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I see why he's just talking out loud about everything. And poor Jordy, he's just, he's just sitting there Uh, struggling in the chair. Poor Jordy. You're like, yes. And then, and then, and then the level of like, the level of like conniving gets even worse because 
they were like, look, his heart rate is slowing. He's becoming accustomed to the horrors. And so they're like, and they like ratchet it up like, so change change the horrors. Yeah. It's like, dude, what? And at one point, Jordy's just like, ah, like screaming. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh my God. Like that was like deeply uncomfortable to look at. Like seriously. So yeah. Hashtag Romulan and life. They just have some uncomfortable scenes going on. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm like, I'm good. I do not. Mm-mm. Anyway, so he we leave poor Jordy screaming. And the Klingon emissary, Cal, is working closely with Worf, despite he had these, like, initial reservations that they not work together. But mm-hmm. I love that Picard is like, if there is a security threat, I need my chief of security working on this. And your feelings about it really are, like, irrelevant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, yep. okay, cool. It's not so, the first time he said it, not the last time he'll say it. Like this is his job. He works on the ship. Get over your feelings. You're going to work with him. Yeah. You're here to do a job. You're not here to have feelings about that job. So Cal tells Worf that there are many on the high council would personally like to thank him for killing Duras because Duras was a lying piece of shit. Um, And he was in line to head the council. So that would have been a major problem. Um, So nobody was looking forward to having Duras as like the high counselor for Mm -hmm. all of Klingon. Um, But his Worf points out his actions were not a political nature, but a personal one. Um, Cal was like, yeah, but while humans care for motives, what matters is that he acted as a true Klingon that day. So thank you for doing that. And again, it's that same bullshit trope. I don't like Worf. I don't want to work with Worf. I'm going to thank Worf for what he did because I guess he's a true Klingon, but also I have to turn my back on you. So let's get back to the job at hand. We're back to square one. Like, it's just the same tropey thing that I'm just so, oh God, I'm and, you so know, sick of, of hearing it. It's kind of awkward too, thinking about, you know, cause there are some cultures in America, not very many, but um, there are some cultures that do um, kick people out. And there are some mm-hmm. religions that kick people out, right? For mm-hmm. whatever reasons. And you turn yeah. your back on them and you never talk to them again. And there are a yeah. lot of cults that kick people out. They do that. Um, and you turn your back on them and you never talk to them again. And I think it's for this reason. If you turn your back on them and you never talk to them again, you never have to deal with those feelings. You never have to deal with that person. It's like Mm -hmm. they never existed. But if you're forced to see them again, if you're forced to work with them, if you're forced to confront them, now you have to confront what you've done as a people or a culture or community and what they've done. And was it wrong? Was it not? Like there's all these kind of considerations that you don't have if you just say you can't ever come back. And that's what's going on with Worf. Every time somebody sees him, no, 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 we can't talk to him. We can't talk to him. And then as soon as they talk to him now, it's like, well, actually what you did was actually kind of cool. And, or like, Hey, I know you're yes. a traitor. You want to help me be a traitor or like whatever, yeah. just like yes. weird, weird interactions, which is why they just shouldn't talk to each other. But whatever, like I said, all this is coming, is coming to an end, hopefully in like two episodes <sighs> and couldn't happen soon enough for me, honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So at this point, you know, I'm going to just kind of put a whole bunch of stuff together. Um, Picard ends up going down to Krios to meet the governor who's like accusing Picard of, of supplying these rebels with weapons, which is something, you know, it's a big no, no in Starfleet. You can send medical supplies to both sides of a conflict, but not weapons. Um, and the governor shows Picard and Riker, one of the phaser rifles that was taken from the rebel base and appears to be, it looks like a Federation phaser rifle, um, and they take it back to the Enterprise to verify its origin. Um, and Jordy is now back on his, you know, back from uh, Riza. They, mm-hmm. you know, the Romulans put him through some like holodeck simulations to see if he would murder anybody. He did, but like kind of hesitated. So they're like, all right, ratchet up the horrors machine again. Let's mm-hmm. let's run him through some more tests. So they finally, I guess they're satisfied with his level of training and send him back. Now, poor Jordy has 
no memory whatsoever of any of this. Mm-hmm. None. He's like, I met a girl on Riza. We had all this fun time. I, I like made friends with a bunch of people and made contacts for further professional development on a planet that is like categorically against anything professional <laughs> or development. So, but he's got, yeah, these, he like, has all memories. these implanted memories. And we find out later his shuttle also has all these false memory chips that were replicated and put in. So this mm-hmm. whole entire trip has been documented on all of their technological systems and the Romulans aren't careful. Yeah. I mean, and thorough, I mean, his, his memories are completely solid about the wonderful trip he had. He comes back rested, restored, rejuvenated, ready to take on the world. Imposter in his place. Mm -hmm. Like, so nobody could report that he never showed up. So, so he's back now from this fantastic trip and he and data discover this phaser rifle is actually a forgery. It it's Romulan in nature. It just looks like a Federation weapon. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I actually love this conversation between Jordy and data, this part where they figure out it's Romulan where, where data's like, well, there's like 37 different types of technology that this could be from or species or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jordy's like, I think we could just narrow this down with some good old common sense. You know, who has the most to gain from a conflict between the Federation and the Klingons? It's the Romulans. We're in the neutral zone by the Romulans, I guess. I don't know which neutral zone mm-hmm. this is, but we're going to mm-hmm. save the Romulans. And sure. so it's like, it's probably just them. Let's just run it against that one <laughs> category yeah. of people. And oh, look, it matches. And yes. you're like, aha. So pretty quickly, they kind of unravel this mystery. Yeah, they unravel it pretty quickly. A, a couple of things. Um, did you notice that the phaser, you know, phasers in Starfleet all fire like bright orange. But this phaser rifle, I don't know if you noticed but major props to the special effects team because it fired orange with like green tinges in it. And I was like, hmm. oh, Romulan disruptors are green. Like the light emitted from the no disruptor way. is green. I, I so missed it, that completely. It was tinged with green. Oh, it was super cool. The other thing though, I'm going to say, listen, it's future technology. It's Star Trek, you know, but from a firearm safety perspective, this was a major <laughs> fail. Okay. Because <laughs> they're the testing, same thing. <laughs> they were testing this phaser that shot right into a hallway that dead ends there. So being that it is a forgery and it can misfire, some random person walking around with a data pad can get like blasted in the side or mm-hmm. hurt or killed. It's like. And we know huh. it's going to be Troy because she doesn't have anything to do. She's walking <laughs> around the ship anyway. Ah, I feel like a couple things. This is a job for a cargo bay or maybe yes. even that like fencing arena where Picard right. was practicing fencing and will always have Paris. Or like, like the holodeck where you can do a firearms, like weapons safety or whatever. Yeah, something. Mm-hmm. They're just firing it right across engineering. But at least walk by. They didn't do it in the other direction where they're firing exact like straight towards the warp core. So... <laughs> I don't know. Take they everybody out at once. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, the little green tinge was cool, but the firearms like that, I would have to fail them immediately. Um, <laughs> but it, I mean, it is a pretty ingenious plot, right? It's the Romulans. They make it appear. It's like, let's make it appear that the Federation is arming the rebels, send a sleeper self from Starfleet to assassinate a high ranking Klingon official. All fingers point to Starfleet and the Romulans quietly just take off with the spoils of war. Right. Mm-hmm. This is a brilliant plan. The Romulans are cold AF, but mm-hmm. they are smart. And I really appreciate that. I really do. Yeah. They make a really good enemy because they're so mm-hmm. tricky and they're so clever. You're like, I mean, every one of their plans has so many layers, um, which makes them a really, uh, maybe not good is not the right word, but, a um, uh, enemy that's worth the trouble mm-hmm. of making them an enemy because this, TNG has tried to have a lot of different alien species be enemies 
and they don't always totally hit the mark, but the Romulans hit the mark. You're just like, man, when they're involved, we don't know who's going to win. We really don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're very formidable um, enemies. And I think that's really, that's what makes them so great. Um, Now, um, one of the things that we are noticing is that Jordy is behaving a little bit strangely. um, And Data is able to detect that there's this strange like E-band like radiation that's coming out of like different places. And they're like, it's a spike in the E-band, which I'm like, what the F is an E-band? But okay, technology. But every time that happens, we immediately see Jordy go into like sleeper cell mode. Mm -hmm. It's like, ah, there's some sort of transmitter that's like activating his training. Um, And he does spill the hell out of a drink on (laughs) poor Chief O'Brien's shoulder, which I was like, okay, all right. Which is like one of his tests because one of his previous tests was, will you kill O'Brien in the holodeck? Yeah. And after he killed the holographic O'Brien, which was part of his training, um, the Romulan commander tells him, go ahead and have a drink with your friends. And he comes over and pushes O'Brien out of the chair, pushes his corpse. Like dead O'Brien. Yeah. yeah. Pushes his corpse out of the chair, lifts up the chair and sits down in his chair and keeps having to drink. And I was like, that is super cold. Yeah. So here, this is his, <laughs> this is his test to see if that training is still working where he spills a drink on O'Brien instead of shooting him in the chest, which yay for changing that up. Um, yeah. That would ruin all the plans. And I also thought after he spilled the drink and was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. And O'Brien's like, it's fine. I'll go change. I thought once again, we don't have paper towels here on the enterprise. <laughs> so I don't, what I don't do know what the do next step is. is a spill. What, yeah. What do you do? Do people just not spill things? I, I don't know. There's gotta be some sort of like, you know how last week we broke down um, the host and Beverly was at the spa getting a pedicure. And there was like a little kind of yeah. like a gun that you shoot that p- painted her nails. There's gotta be like a quick drying gun that you shoot and it just sucks. Up. I don't know. It atomizes everything. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. We I need feel like, though. I feel like bounty should really corner this market and get into mm-hmm. like, you know, Starfleet, you know, that's a hell of a government contract bounty. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ships, a lot of ships. Apply all the ships with paper towels. We need it. We really need it. But one of the other weird things that Jordy does, he gets an E-band burst and he goes into a cargo bay and starts doing some sketchy AF stuff with the isolinear chips. And he beams this large container off the enterprise and then verifies that the computer has erased all records of this taking place. And Governor Vach immediately hails the Enterprise to be like, did you think we weren't going to notice? We intercepted the weapons that the Enterprise was beaming down to the rebels. It's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So, and Picard's like, no, 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 we didn't. I swear, I assure you, before those words are even out of his mouth, he's like, you stay put until we have further words with you. And he's like, well, I, but I, and before you can even finish that sentence. And transmission. Yeah, yep. before you can finish that sentence, the transmission ends and we've got all these Klingon ships decloaking all around. And you're like, ooh. How long have those been there? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Now, regular Jordy is back and Jordy and Data are working to discover how the weapons were shipped off the Enterprise. And I really like watching this. This is super cool to watch because Jordy has no recollection of doing this. Mm -hmm. So he's literally on the case trying to find himself and Mm -hmm. he's working hard to solve this mystery. And I love watching this because he genuinely has no idea that he committed the crime as opposed to like a spy situation where they're fully aware of what they're doing. And then they're just sort of like, you know, you you know, it's kind of the like crooked cop situation in a movie where they're like trying to cover their tracks and Mm -hmm. like not discover the identity of the murderer because they're the murderer. Jordy is like computer search for this, search for this, search for that. Oh my God. Like, I don't really know what they, okay, well, let's try looking for this instead. It's like, oh, Jordy. And he even says, looking at the mirror, buddy. Yeah. And he even says like when Riker asks how many people on the ship could do something like this, 
And Jordy's just like, I don't even know how this was done. But if we figure kind of figure yeah. out what was done, I think only four people could have done it. And then they quickly discover all four have alibis except for him. He's like, oh, I was alone in my quarters. So I'm the only one with that alibi. But no one thinks twice about it. I mean, Worf is just like, all right, then someone must be on the ship who's pretending to be something they're not. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was not at any point was anybody like, well, Jordy, it must have been you then. Because of course it's Jordy. Of course not. And he's the one trying to solve it. Yeah. I would have never thought it was Jordy. No, I absolutely, I'm with you on that. Like at this point, another E-band radiation is detected and suddenly Jordy shows up at Ambassador Kel's quarters. And now we find out that Kel is the traitor who's working with the Romulans. And he tells bum, Sleeper bum, Cell Jordy, yeah, oh, hell yeah. So Kel tells Sleeper Cell Jordy that the investigation is going faster than expected. He's in danger of being exposed. He's like, I'm going to, because Governor Va is like, we found all these weapons that you've been transporting down. It clearly came from the Enterprise. So you mm-hmm. guys are guilty. So he is hot under the collar and for sure. And with blow them reason. out of the space. And I, okay, I also he felt is. like I also feel like for the governor, a little disappointed in his logic here because do you really think that the Enterprise is going to ship weapons right in front of your face? Yeah. They're like not clever enough to do this any other kind of way, but to ship it yeah. right in front of your face when, with all your sensors hot, when you've already said you think they're behind you it. Already and they suspect them. Yeah. You already <laughs> suspect them and they know you suspect them and they already know you're pissed. And then they're going to just like beam weapons right in front of and you. And they already like, know that you know that they're pissed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But whatever. I mean, he's not thinking straight. He's just super mad about the whole situation. Yeah. Well, he's um, like, we've discovered this. You must've thought I was an idiot, mm-hmm. you know, to, yeah. to do this right under my nose. Yep. So Cal is like, I'm going to transport to the surface and try to like air quotes, talk to governor Bach. And then I'm going to bring him back aboard the enterprise. So we can do like some sort of bullshit investigation to find out what's going on with these weapons. When he returns, we're going to go to the cargo bay and I want you to kill the governor with a phaser in front of many witnesses. And then after you kill him, you're going to declare that you acted with the support of the Federation and for Creosian independence. So this tells me there isn't one motherfucking Klingon left with any honor besides Worf and everybody's <laughs> shitting on Worf. And it's like, what the hell? What the hell, you guys? So you all suck this bad and everybody's shitting on Worf? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I don't know what Worf's storyline is like really too far beyond um, TNG because I didn't really watch Deep Space Nine but if this dude doesn't end up as the Klingon High Ambassador or High Counselor or something at some point Klingon is just doomed from the start <laughs> like they're just doomed because he's the only one that has any honor like what the heck um, there was one little scene that I did appreciate Jordy's having nightmares and is like dis- just disturbed sleep and I like that he doesn't subscribe too much to toxic masculinity. So he's got a medical issue and he just goes to see Dr. Crusher immediately. He's like, what I'm I, having trouble sleeping. Mm-hmm. I think I need some help. Can you just What I thought you were going to say is I really appreciate that Jordy was sleeping in pajamas instead of his uniform and <laughs> shoes. That's what I thought you were going to say. Oh my God. I totally didn't even notice that. Yeah. He wasn't sleeping in his uniform with his visor on and his freaking shoes on too. Like what the heck is <laughs> He was that? in pajamas. Like a normal person. (laughs) Like a normal person would. So he goes to see Dr. Crusher, who is a fabulous doctor. And here's why. She has the best bedside manner as a doctor. And I think you can all sort of understand at some point being in 2022, we've all experienced this. She actually listens to him as a patient. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a doctor and they're like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm," and they're just trying to fill out a form. It's Mm -hmm. like, 
you're not even listening to me when I'm telling you I'm having these symptoms. She looks for possible problems that he isn't even bringing up. Mm -hmm. She's got some solutions. I was like, hell yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Like she is like trouble sleeping and it's not just stress. Well, you know, it could be your visor. It could be this other thing. Let me look into some things. And I was like, thank you, Beverly. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being a model of what a good doctor should be. I appreciated that. Yeah, it was, it was great. And then and again, you're, you're just kind of like, oh, poor Jordy. Like he's just going through it. Like not only is he being brainwashed, but also he can't even sleep. Come on. Like give the kid a break. Yeah. Can't he just have a good night's sleep before he murders this guy tomorrow. No, he also has yeah, to be against his nightmares. Will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thankfully data is on the case. He is very Sherlock without the deer, you know, the deer stalker cap. Data continues to track that like further E-band emissions are happening and he starts to put two and two together and he's like, huh, I'm going to, I'm going to take a look at this like shuttlecraft that Jordy took to Ryza. And like, he starts discovering that the shuttlecraft is subjected to a tractor beam. The isolinear chips have been compromised. A whole bunch of stuff is starting to make sense to data. And Jordy now arms himself with the world's tiniest phaser. I mean, it is like no bigger than your thumb Mm -hmm. and puts it in a pocket that he didn't actually have. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's why you need a small one. So you could just hold it surreptitiously in your hand because they don't have pockets or bags. Your sleeve, like a magician or something. I don't know. Like needs to be spring loaded, (laughs) like in the old Westerns or something. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) But he's, he's got this like, very slow walk, like down the hallway to the cargo bay. He's about to do this assassination. Yeah, that walk was just like, it looked like a dream, but also like a nightmare because he's going to kill someone. But it was this yes. really long, slow walk down this extremely long hallway. Yes. And you're just like, oh man. I've got some info on that. The director and the writers of this episode wanted, they worked really hard to try to get some actors from the original Manchurian Candidate movie like as a cameo aboard the enterprise mm-hmm. and they they weren't able to successfully get any actors to like have a cameo from that were part of the movie but what they did do was parts of the Manchurian candidate um i believe the original and the remake with i think it was denzel washington is that it right it was yeah mm-hmm. um because the original starred frank sinatra so it was from like the 50s um they shot some of it in like 17 millimeter film to make it look like kind of warped and dreamlike oh. so that was an homage to the Manchurian Candidate ah, film okay, where they sense. shot him in like 17 millimeter. And then I think also 35 millimeter, which made that sort of distorted, like dream kind of looking mm-hmm. corridor. Kind of looked like a um, fisheye camera almost. Yes, yeah, it definitely it really looked did. distorted. It looked very like fisheye lensy. It was really, really neat. And I wonder really if neat. they also took parts of their set to make that super long hallway. Because, you know, it's just like one set they kind of re- mm-hmm. refigure from time mm-hmm. to time. Because I don't yeah. remember seeing a hallway quite that long. Usually you turn at some point. And I wonder if they just put together a bunch of those little pieces so that they could have this super long runway for him to walk through. Yes. Yes. Um, I wondered about that as well. Because I was like, wow, this is really long. Although the fish islands may make it look longer than it really is. But at any rate, now we've got full-blown sleeper cell Jordy, who is on his way to assassinate governor Vach to like start this war between the Klingons and the, and the Federation. And, you know, the Romulans can swoop in and get all the benefits out of this war, do Mm -hmm. what they do and and just get theirs. Um, And data at this point is like putting everything together. And he's like, data to Jordy, data to LaForge respond, come in something. And so he finds that, you know, 
Jordy's not answering because he's in like murder mode. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, Worf, um, you need to take Jordy into custody. That's an order. And this like struggle kind of ensues. I like that part because Worf's like, sir, like Jordy, are you sure about to that? You, surely I've heard the wrong name. Right. And yeah. it's just like, it's an order. <laughs> yeah. He's Dana like, that's never, an order. Never pulls that card. And yes. Worf looks over and sees Jordy like doing his law yes. model walk towards yeah. the governor. And you're like, Oh, this can't be good. And he sees this, this is tiny not little phaser being raised. And so Worf runs to intercept him, which I, I thought Worf was going to totally body check him and tackle him to the ground, Yes, but he gets about three steps. And then the governor's henchmen stop yes. him and they're yes. like, no, he's trying to attack. And I was like, wait, so how is anybody going to stop Jordy? And then Worf struggles, 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 and then goes LaForge, which makes Picard turn around. And move Jordy's hand at the last possible second so that the phaser shoots mm-hmm. into the air instead of shooting the governor. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Jordy just stops. And I kind of thought, well, if you've been programmed to kill him, shouldn't you fire again or push against Picard? Or, or but I guess something? the idea is that he's he's kind of sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did not complete his mission. So I thought he would try a little bit harder. But he just stops. He just stands he there just and he's totally at, asleep. Yeah. Thank God for Picard's lightning fast reflexes because mm-hmm. Jordy is shooting, you know, he's, he's pushing the trigger on this teeny tiny little, I call it a stinger, like little phaser <laughs> like and a noisy cricket. <laughs> yeah, it really, <laughs> it really is. That kind of reminds me of like men in black, like yeah. noisy cricket. Yeah. yeah. So he, he Picard ends up like yanking Jordy's arm straight upward. So Jordy fires in the air. And as soon as like he stops, as soon as he stops firing, Jordy just kind of stands there. And Picard is like, Okay, take him away, number one. Number two, I have no idea what just happened. So we are gonna like figure this out. And Data is like swoops in. He shows He's up. Like, yeah. He was on his up. way. I believe, yeah, mm-hmm. I believe I know, you know, what's been going on. So he explains. And I love this because thing. the governor's like, aha, proof. So, you know, actually, if Data hadn't walked in and figured everything out, this this whole thing still would have worked, even without the governor being actually assassinated. Just the attempt oh, yeah. alone was enough to start yeah. the war. He didn't even have to be shot. And he was already like, all right, this means war. I declare war and all of this. Mm-hmm. And Dana walks in and is like, wait a minute. I can explain every single thing going on. And mm-hmm. you just see Kel sweating like, no, this is impossible to explain. It's very clear. Jordy was acting alone. He's a bad guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Dana's <laughs> like, actually, no, here's what's up. Yeah. So he explains everything that we've known all along and that the only two people that were in proximity to Jordy during all those E-band spikes were Captain Picard and Ambassador Kel. And Picard is like, Ambassador, because he knows he hasn't done shit. So he's like, Ambassador, are you going to submit to a search? And Ambassador Kel is like, I'm a Klingon and old, so you can't touch me. And even Governor Bach is like, yeah, no, part of Klingon custom, like, you can't do that. But we will take him onto our ship and do a thorough search of his body and kel's like um uh uh actually picard you know i formally request asylum and picard's like i am happy to grant you asylum as soon as you've been cleared of all charges and you see just cal be like uh you know mm-hmm. as soon as they the henchmen surround him they're all out of there yeah you're like yeah yeah now a note about the henchmen um, in one of our um, special episodes that we made um, called The Escape Pod, which are out, so you guys can search those up, we spoke with Sam Robinson, who um, is a friend of ours and uh, teaches drama, and he's head of the Shakespeare, Royal Shakespeare Company. He was one of those two henchmen that stopped Worf. And I actually 
spoke to Sam this week at work and I was like, Hey, Sharice and I are going to be reviewing, um, the mind's eye. And he was like, well, don't blink. Oh, you'll miss me. So he was very kind of, you know, joking about it. Mm -hmm. And so I did pause and I looked at, there's only two henchmen that are grabbing Worf. And I was like, Oh, there he is. And then I looked at the other henchmen. I was like, or is that him? (laughs) (laughs) Literally, I mean, we work with Sam. We see him every day on campus Mm -hmm. It's a very, you know, we teach at a really small school. So it's, you know, we're always bumping into each other. And I went, I, I mean, granted this was shot 30 years ago. So I have to remove 30 years in, in my mind's yeah. eye of like what Sam would, would have looked like, you know, in 91, mm-hmm. but I literally sat there for 10 minutes going, that's him. No, that one's definitely him. And that's kind of the beauty of the Klingon makeup. I heard this story once of Will Wheaton being on set and Michael Dorn walked past him. Who's the actor who plays Worf. And he's like, oh, hey, hey, Will. And Will's like, who's that guy? Did not even recognize him. He'd been <laughs> acting with him for years, but he'd always That's seen him hilarious. in all his prosthetics because it takes so long to put those on. He's probably yes. always in makeup when he sees him. Yes. So he didn't even recognize him. And, and I'll tell you, if you do a Google search of Michael Dorn, looks nothing like Worf. Like yep. I, I would never put the two together. So yeah, I had the same feeling when I saw these henchmen and I paused it and I was like, um, neither looks like Sam. <laughs> they both look like Klingons. I mean, it's a, it's I literally of that makeup. <laughs> couldn't, I could not pick him out out of a lineup of two. Okay. Yep. Like it was yep. like, uh, so it was major props to the makeup department mm-hmm. um, because it, it just makes people so interchangeable that it was like, holy crap. Like I literally couldn't tell like the human in the makeup, which tells me that the makeup is just that epic. Mm-hmm. It was so yeah, great. Totally. Um, so now the episode ends with Jordy working with Counselor Troy um, to recall exactly what happened. And I thought, poor Jordy, it, it becomes impossible to trust your senses when they've mm-hmm. been tricking you into this false reality. Mm-hmm. Like you can't even, you can't even rely on your senses because our senses feed us information about our surroundings and our experiences. And so I can bump into a table and go, ow, that hurts. Don't bump into that table. But if my memory tells me that that's what's happening and that's not what's actually happening, that is terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. And Troy is a, actually a really good counselor in this one setting where she's like, it's going to take time, a lot of time, but we will reconstruct your memory so that you can trans- trust your senses again. And I thought, yes, thank you for recognizing how many like months and years this work might actually take. But of course, next week, Jordy's like back in, mm-hmm. you know, back in main engineering, yeah. doing whatever he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's We're like, going to oh, say okay, he's well. continuing his therapy privately off camera, <laughs> which I appreciated. I was like, I, I really like how TNG made the effort to point out mental health mm-hmm. and the importance of it. I really do yeah. appreciate that. Even though in the first few seasons, we're like, what's the point of Troy? Um, mm-hmm. but scenes like this, I'm like, yes, I'm so glad Troy's here scenes like this. This is where you need a therapist or a counselor or all the stuff because yep. you've been brainwashed all of and you can't, stuff. you can't trust your memory. You almost killed somebody. There's a lot of stuff to deal with and that, that there's somebody there. And not only did she say it's going to take a long time, but she also said, we'll get through it together. So it's not like he's on his own to figure it out. She will be there to help him piece everything back together, which just made me really appreciate Troy and the fact that she's on the ship. Yeah, it, I really, really did. I also wondered, where are you guys? Because it was like all black surrounding. Yeah, I think yeah, they were in Jordy's like, quarters. They might but have yeah, been. I, I mean, wrote in my was... notes, dark room. <laughs> yeah, because I couldn't that's tell where I they thought. were. Like they're just yeah. sitting in the pitch black, like having a therapy sesh. But maybe that's what you need to do to jog your memory. At least you didn't try to hypnotize them. I would have been so insulted. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, well, I feel like we kind of know what our final thoughts are on this episode. Like it's it's a snoozer. It's a sleeper cell snoozer. Like just skip it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I not my I favorite. Had, at I haven't all. said skip in a long time. I mean, I said it a lot in the first season. Well, yeah, a couple times even to the third season. But um, yeah, give this one a skip. And also next week we have this story that's all about Data and his very first girlfriend, if we're not counting Tasha Yar, because they were not, you know, they hooked up, but they were never like a couple. Yeah. And I would also say skip that. And then we've got our last episode, which <laughs> redeemed Worf. Maybe a good one, may not, don't recall. We might say skip that. You might be going right to our next season. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? We are so dedicated to you as our listeners that as much as we want to skip those, we won't. But I really want to. I don't want to watch next week's episode or the one after that or probably the one after that because that's going to be the finale. You know, it's going to close up the, yeah, the cliffhanger. the storyline, yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, next week we're talking season four, episode 25, In Theory. And in theory, it's a good episode, but it's not. So we'll yeah. see you next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at the tngpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.